Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, it's been a few weeks since we've been on there, and boy, have we not had the opportunity to talk about a lot. And uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot to talk about. Boy, there sure there is. There, there sure is, my friend. And it, uh, well, we should just get right into it. I have no jokes this week. There's no gravy. It's it's a dry spell. Uh, let's be honest. <laughs> it's uh, you know the pot roast has been out of the pot for a bit. It's uh, we're out of the um, yeah we're, we're out of the crock pot. We're, we're we're getting the oven. We're in the oven. You know you know what you do in the oven, Trevor. I guess we got a little bit gravy. You know you you take the you take the the gravy. You base the the, the the roast. You put it on whatever meat you got, and it helps it soak it up and give it that flavor, right? So, right. without further ado, let's get to the gravy of the week. And then there's like this music, the gravy of the week, um, nothing <laughs> like that. But, um, sir, uh, I'd be remiss to say if I didn't start off with uh, Ezekiel Elliott signing with the New England Patriots and Dalvin Cook signing with the New York Jets. Uh, I would think there would be some fancy implications here and or just impact for the team and their possible performance as a whole. Uh, your take, my friend, what do you think about these moves? Well, starting with Zeke, and from the perspective of fantasy football, I think that this actually increases his fantasy value because uh, I think the writing was on the wall in Dallas. I think his time was over there. Uh, but in, in New England, he's going to get uh, you know a little more of the, the uh, load that, that he's used to getting, um, and I just don't think he was going to have that in in Dallas. They they drafted a good running back. They've got Tony Pollard. Um, so yeah, him being on the team in in New England, uh, he's not going to just dominate that backfield. But he's going to get uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. I think especially in the goal line situation. So uh, I'm not saying you could you should be drafting him the way he he's been overdrafted in the past, in my opinion. But uh, he's he's definitely a good middle round pickup, uh, solid solid RB two potential in my opinion. Uh, um, oh good. Yes. And then you know with with uh, Dalvin Cook, I mean, good grief, uh, the Jets are starting to look pretty darn stacked, and uh, you know I, I didn't think their offense needed a guy like Dalvin Cook, but now they have a guy like Dalvin Cook who can you know run the screen better than anybody. And uh, and really, you know, really make defenses, uh, you know, respect him when he's on the field. Uh, you know, they get the ball to him in space, and it's uh, it's pretty dangerous. So, uh, you know, being on that team, I think, as far as his fantasy value goes, it's somewhat of a lateral move. You know, he he was a really good fantasy option the last four seasons. And I think that his potential with the Jets is just as good as it was on the Vikings. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I uh, boy, I, I think it's a really good fit on New York. Uh, he's going to spell Brees Hall, or possibly be the the starter while Brees Hall gets um, gets up to speed and heals from an ACL injury because he tore his ACL in what game three or four last year. Oh, I I think it was a little later than that. Like he was already in the the rookie of the year conversation. Um, Okay. So it must have been like week five or six when when he had that injury. So uh, yeah, this this really does give them the uh, the opportunity. You know, as far as Brees Hall is concerned, um, this is great for Brees Hall because they're no longer needing to rush him along, and he is so clearly the future of that backfield. That there's there's no need to uh, put him on the field too soon or too often, 
and uh, really have him ready to go. Because uh, I think the Jets expect to be in the playoffs. I expect them to be in the playoffs, and they can uh, they can have a really healthy uh, Brees Hall to complement a Dalvin Cook by that time of the season. So, did you say you uh, hope or you anticipate the Jets not to rush Brees Hall along? Is that what you said? Uh, they, they they no longer need to. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, you didn't get the, the without, pun. without without Dab- there was a there was a pun there. It was a pun. It's funny. It's okay. Went right over my head. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You rush him along. Get it? He's a running back. He rushes. It's a rush. Oh, I think right. you're stretching. See? I think that's a stretch. There you go. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. Back, back to the actual news. <laughs> I'm like, I'm uh, like Trevor, his name is Brees Hall. I don't get the pun. <laughs> there's a pun. There's always a pun. There's um, always a pun. Right. Um, so, but yeah, you were saying he just doesn't get it. He gets a chance to heal, basically. That's he right. He takes less carries. He's a little more effective. So if he, if he's not um, ready week one, if he's not ready week six, however long it takes for them to feel like he is one hundred percent ready to go, uh, they can they can lean on on uh, Dalvin Cook now. Heck yeah! Um, do you think that Dalvin Cook is draftable? I mean, you mentioned Zeke Elliott being a RB two or three because he'll get goal line carries. Uh, he'll spell Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, they're going to run the ball a lot in New England because they have to. Uh, we, I say they, we have to. I'll be part of that team. Um, do you think there's any impact fantasy-wise for Dalvin Cook? What do you, what do you see him? If, does he get picked? So, does he not? So what, Dalvin, Cook, Dalvin Cook's yeah. definitely going to be drafted. Um, I, think, I think Dalvin Cook still has uh, RB1 potential. Um, you know, we, I, I don't want to... You don't want to, you know, write him off too soon. He he is getting older, but uh, you know he's he's had a spectacular four seasons in a row leading into this one. Um, he got too expensive for for what he is uh, or for what he is now for the Vikings to hold on to him. So so he's not with them anymore. And uh, you know the the truth is being on that team with Aaron Rodgers in that division. Um, I think you're going to get everything that Dalvin Cook has left right now, trying to uh, get into the postseason and make a deep run. Um, you know, when it comes to fantasy drafting, uh, I'm very hesitant to take running backs too soon. Uh, but if if Dalvin Cook, I'll put it this way: if Dalvin Cook fell to me in the second round, I'd scoop him up right away, no question. Wow. Um, that's because I know I'm going to go wide receiver in the first round. Um, but uh, it's a hot take. Yeah, I mean, drafting him in the first round I think is a little risky. Um, he's on a new team. He's he's you know he's one more season older, and we know these these running backs when they fall off they fall off hard. Um, I, I don't want to predict that for Dalvin Cook. It's just every. Every season that goes by, it becomes more and more of a possibility. Uh, but no, I, I would definitely scoop him up in the second round. I would. So look, look at this ADP, though, right? High is 8, low is 30. So, like, where does he sit? I mean, realistically, you're saying second round? I mean, some people are saying, like, end of second, as late as, like, potentially 12th or a free agent. It's kind of all over Wow. The place. Really, yeah. 12th eighth. round or free agent for Dalvin Cook? I mean, eight, literally, um, the highest he's ranked is 8th, and the lowest he's ranked is 30. 
when it comes to expert ranks on ADP. Um, and that's from fantasypros.com. And what they do is they aggregate the whole thing and they take all these different guys from all these different websites, ESPN, Pro Football Network, NFL.com. Um, the big ones, now, basically. When you say when so, you say thirtieth, are you talking about thirtieth running back or thirtieth player? Thirtieth running back. Thirtieth running back. Okay, I was like thirtieth player. That's that's still end of the third round. <laughs> um, they think he's the thirtieth best running back in the league. I I it, find that very hard to believe. That's well, that's shocking well, to me. I don't know who I I, I couldn't put twenty nine guys above Dalvin Cook. Well, it's it's just ADP. So he's he could be the eighth or the thirtieth. So if you think that he's not, and this is fantasy, right? So maybe he is not the thirtieth best running back in the league, like skill wise. But in terms of fantasy, because of Reese Hall and some other things that might like interrupt his fantasy value, he could be ranked as low as thirtieth, in, in a draft at ADP. Yeah. Well, so or as high as I eight. guess. I guess from a from a fantasy perspective, if there is a reason for me to hesitate uh, beyond the fact that he's a running back that's getting older, it's that he is on a new new team, new offense, new quarterback. So, you know, watching him the way I have so closely at Minnesota, my prediction is that he is going to he's going to fit in. He's the guy that's going to make plays, and the more the season goes on, even with a healthy Brees Hall, I think you're going to see Dalvin Cook touch the ball a lot. Um, I think they're going to hand off to him. They're going to throw it to him. They're going to throw screens to him. And uh, and and so, you know, it, to me, looking at the whole picture for that team, bringing in a guy like Dalvin Cook this season and bringing in uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you don't bring those guys in to just have them, you know, contribute a little bit here and there. Um, so I, I, my prediction is that Dalvin Cook is going to touch the ball ten times a game, maybe more. Um, and uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he touched it fifteen times a game. So yeah, it, it'll be it'll be a real interesting one to see uh, the first. You know, see how he does in September, uh, because going into October, November, you might be really glad that you have him on your roster. Um, yeah, I mean, it's colder weather in New York. Um, hypothetically, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to sling the ball. Like, I, do you think he's going to throw for four thousand yards this year? Or more? Aaron Rodgers? Um, you know, that's that's again, it's an it's a really tricky one because, uh, you know. He's he's also getting pretty old, uh, and we haven't seen him. You know the the 2011 Super Bowl winning Aaron Rodgers. We haven't seen that guy in a while now, um, but he really does know. You know, to, not to, not to sound redundant, but he really knows how to quarterback the team. Um, I think you're going to see him really manage the offense. Uh, He's going to create opportunities in the run game. He's going to he's going to get the ball out fast and short. And uh, and I think that's where somebody like Dalvin Cook, even with a healthy healthy Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook is going to be a real asset in that short passing game, the screen game, uh, creating opportunities where you know the defense has to allow you know five yards that could turn into a home run uh, with a guy like Dalvin Cook. 
So, so uh, I, right now I'm I'm probably more bullish on Dalvin Cook than Aaron Rodgers, fantasy wise. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, depending on how you build your team, uh, Aaron Rodgers he's still going to get drafted, of course. Um, but uh, with with either of these guys, you are you're you're, you're you're getting something that you haven't seen yet. You know, you haven't seen him on this offense. You haven't seen him with this coordinator. You haven't seen him in this division. Um, you haven't seen them in this conference. Um, so, so from a spectator point, you know, from, from a pure, you know, fan of the game point of view, this is really exciting stuff. Uh, when it comes to fantasy, I wouldn't reach for either of these guys, but if they fall to you, uh, you know, I told you I'd pick Dalvin Cook up in the second round. If Dalvin Cook falls to the third round, I think you got to grab him. I I think, I think uh, between you know eighth overall and thirtieth overall running back in the league, I th- I put him a lot closer to eight myself. I, I mean, I, I don't mean to. Well, I'm not a pessimist here, but you know, it's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> It's a bold move. Third, third round, Trevor? Yeah. Really? He's going to be used that much. I, I really, I, that's, that's what I think. Yeah. I, if, if you guys don't want him, I'll take him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then I can curse uh, his name for, uh, you know, as a Vikings fan, I'm, I'm still trying to uh, get excited about him being on this. I, I mm-hmm. love to, to root for my guys when they end up on other teams. You know, the, the best guys can't stay on your team forever. But mm-hmm. going to a team like the Jets to pair up with our nemesis, Aaron Rodgers, uh, it's tipping the scales for me. I don't know if I can be a Jets fan this season. Uh, it's just a little too much. It's like, oh, the more success they have, the more it's like, oh, you guys... It's not fair. It's, not... <laughs> uh, it's no man. It's it's a stacked team. I mean, but who want to play with Aaron Rodgers in a, in a Super Bowl window? You know exactly, exactly. And and that's what it is starting to look like. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to sound too obvious, but it's starting to look a little bit like Tampa Bay. There, you know, they bring in Aaron Rodgers. Now they're bringing in Dalvin Cook, and you know, who else are they going to bring in to help on defense? And before you know it, this is the Aaron Rodgers Jets. And they are in a Super Bowl window. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hate saying it. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's the first time New York's been in a Super Bowl window in... A long time. Well, Good grief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, before probably I, I was out of middle school, to be honest with you. Like, what I'm are we talking about probably. here? Like, what are we talking about Chad Pennington? Or even, no. or even before that? <laughs> No, I, 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 you, I would probably go back to Tuna, baby. Tuna was here. Uh, there, I should say. He's not here. I don't like New York, <laughs> but... Yeah, when, when, uh, when Tuna was there, you know? 97? Right. 98? Because that was realistic. I mean, even when, like, Rex Ryan was there and they went to those two AFC Championship games. Right. That, those teams right. sucked. They had Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan, garbage coach. Sorry. He is. He's fat. And he sucks. And he's a, he's a crybaby. And he's a Patriot hater. And so he's automatically on the poop list. So as far as I'm concerned, um, they had good defenses. They weren't going to win. They went against Indy and who they played, Pittsburgh, in the other year, and they got killed both times right? in the AFC Championship game. So it was obvious that they weren't supposed to be there to begin with, you know? 
Um, sorry, having problems with cats here. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's that's uh, what I'm trying to say is that I think Dalvin Cook's a big acquisition. Trevor, I just can't agree with you, man. I there's no way he's he's second or third round. There's, there's absolutely no way unless you can tell me Brees Hall's gonna be out part of the year. If you're telling me he's good because he's gonna have a lot of production at the beginning of the year, he'll get you through like like four or five weeks. Then okay, I understand that, but I. I I just think that at some point they're going to be splitting reps, and then who am I going to play? Oh, I don't really want to know that, unless both both guys are on the field at the same time, which is possible. But even then, you have Garrett Wilson, and you have Alan Lazard, and you have um, you know uh, some other receivers. I can't remember in New York because you know it well, is what it is. You don't uh, you so, don't have Corey Davis anymore. Randall Cobb? No, you certainly don't. You retired. But um, yeah, so. I'm going to go with if you got Dalvin Cook in the fifth or sixth round, take him or think about it. But I kind of agree with it. I, I just, it's 8 to 30 on ADP. And we already went over this a couple weeks ago, how misleading ADP can be. But that's, that's just too much for me. That's, that's, a, that's a large gap. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know what to say here, you know? So, yeah, other well, than. You know. That's just too large of a gap for me to be comfortable taking in the second and third round. All right. He's well, 28. I'll, I'll put my crystal ball away. Uh. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Cleo over here. You know? So, I, you know, I, I don't know. See, if you're talking about Zeke, I, I like Zeke just because he's like a goal line threat. Um, but once again, I don't, I don't know what to say. About him, I, I think he's going to deter. De, he's going to take a lot from Ramondre Stevenson's potential goal line load. But he, but he was the. I think I read he was the lowest utilized running back in the on starting running back on, on goal line situations last year. So it doesn't it doesn't really matter. You know they're not going to run him at the goal line anyway in New England. So mm. and it's oh, not really uh, a great you're offense. You're talking you're talking about Stevenson. Uh, no, I'm talking about yeah yeah Stevenson. Gotcha, gotcha. That makes so, sense. Yeah. Right. So I assume Zeke's going to get like Jamal Williams type potential, Ooh, like Jamal a Williams. ceiling. I yeah. I take Jamal Williams in the first. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. What kind, what kind of weed are they selling up there in Colorado? <laughs> the good stuff. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Jesus. All right. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's that. That's and it's it's something to keep worth. It's worth keeping an eye on, and that's uh, what we'll do moving forward. So uh, nonetheless. Trevor, you're out there in Broncos country, correct? You must, you must be. We just, just said it. Um, what's the reaction to this Jerry Judy injury? And if you guys didn't hear about it, he's got a hamstring injury potentially out for weeks. The Broncos are down five wide receivers so far this preseason to various injuries. Yeah, um, it's, Jerry uh, Judy will not be ready for week one. It's it's looking bad, and I and I don't like to make a lot of excuses for a team at this point in the season, like right before the season starts. Uh, but the uh, the Broncos, since training camp began, this is the fifth wide receiver that's had a, an injury. Um, you know, Tim Patrick, who's just an amazing wide receiver, just he's always hurt. He's out for the season again. Um, I'm not gonna be able to think of them all. KJ Hamler, um, but uh, yeah, Jerry Judy, he's he's not gonna be ready week one. Uh, that's that's the consensus is he's going to be out at least a, a few weeks. You know, week one, you know, their week one game is only 17 days away. So he won't be on the field for that. 
and uh, the uh, the Broncos' offense is starting to look decimated before Week One. Um, you know, I, I heard it was a non-contact uh, hamstring injury. He was holding it in a lot of pain. Co- you know, couldn't couldn't get off, couldn't be carried off, had to be carted off. Um, you know, wasn't able to like limp off with assistance. Had to be carted off. But uh, you know, no, nobody nobody's happy about it here. Um, if you're in a dynasty league and you recently traded him, like a couple of weeks ago then uh, you feel good about that, but you're still not happy with, with the injury. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, I, I hate to say it, but dark clouds are already starting to form here in Denver uh, over the Bronco Stadium. Uh, it's just, it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a real test of uh, this new coach, Sean Payton. He's supposed to be uh, some kind of offensive wizard. And uh, he's going to have to dig deep and pull out a lot of tricks to be competitive early in the season with, with only uh, well, Cortland Sutton is who they're putting on the field right now. Um, <clears throat> Mar- Marvin Mims Jr. is from Oklahoma, by the way. There you go. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a major blow, and and I I do you know Jerry Judy was a bit of a prima donna without ever earning it. You know, he was kind of that prima donna wide receiver that hadn't done anything. Uh, so so he doesn't get a lot of sympathy from me. But injuries, non-contact injuries like this, at this point in the season, I'm always going to feel bad. You know, this this was, this was season might be his last real opportunity to live up to his potential and, uh, and, and make a mark on this league. And it's already off to a real rough start because he's – Probably not going to be ready till. I, I don't think you'll we'll really see him till maybe week three or four. <clears throat> wow, he started and slow a, last year. It's too, a hamstring but, injury yeah. too, so like you never know. It could, you know, hamstring injuries. That's it's one of the trickiest ones to to put someone on a schedule to be healthy from. You know, because you could be, you know, ninety percent. And you re-injure that hamstring, and you reset the clock on when they can come back. So they don't want to rush it, <clears throat> but they're also pretty depleted right now at wide receiver, so they don't want to take their time either. It's a real tough spot that he's in. It's a real tough spot that the team's in. No question. Um, last six weeks of the season last year, three touchdowns, 530 yards, 37 catches um, in last six games. Uh, I think that read he was number four uh, fantasy player, fantasy wide receiver during that time. So you don't get him for the first four weeks. I mean, maybe he's fresher towards the end of the year, but you've made a good point that if this is a severe um, hamstring injury, whether that means he tore it, which that would basically mean he's out for a long time, you know? Right. Um, if he just pulled it really bad, it's a severe pull, whatever that looks like. This is the receiver receiving position, as you mentioned, um, easily – can, can be a position where you can easily aggravate any of these injuries, but if you're planting off that leg, you know, for oh, a juke, yeah. to get space in traffic, to get down the sideline, um, to run your route, then, and it's and it's hurt or it's not fully healed, but you came back, uh, or you're getting treatment, I, I assume, um, you know, if it's severe hamstring injury, like if it's torn, then that's a whole other story. But let's say it's a high-grade strain, um, that let's say he comes back, it's easily aggravatable, right? Or re-injurable. Oh, yeah. 
and and so. it can you know the, the hamstrings are so horrible that way you know he could come back in week four and look amazing and have five great games and then pull his hamstring and miss another six games um it's just that it's terrible like that yeah it's a rough injury man i mean that guy that we were hoping to talk more about fantasy wise because he's in sean payton's offense looks like this is his year fourth year as a receiver um playing for a fifth year option and then there you go (laughs) It's uh, it's it's been tough luck in Denver, man. Since Russell Wilson's got there, and it's, I mean, Javante Williams got hurt last year. Um, he'll start this year, you know, healthy supposedly. Um, but I mean, behind him, Samaj P. Ryan, a couple guys we don't know if he's not healthy. Um, you know, Greg Dolchik, we 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 both like the tight end there. Adam Trotman's going to start a tight end this year, so it's not like if you don't have Jerry Judy. And Javante Williams is still kind of hurt, or he's getting his feet underneath him. It, it's not a good offense without those guys. Right, It's right. not really great offense with them. Well, and I, I think uh, Sean Payton is going to do uh, the best he can with what he has, and that's why I'm really glad you brought up the name Samaj P. Ryan. Um, it, it's no secret that I'm a big OU homer, and and I've, I've uh, you know, I've, Praise Samaj P. Ryan his entire time backing up Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Um, he could have a pretty big role for a backup running back in this offense, especially early in the season. Uh, he's definitely a running back I'm going to have my eye on in the late rounds because um, if he's if he's still bumming around when I'm trying to fill up my bench, I'm going to grab him. It, I mean, it, it's just. Yeah, because um, I mean, we we've seen what yeah. he does. We, we've seen what he could do in Cincinnati when Joe Mixon is is out for a week or two, and and he's you know he's 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 not looked at by the league as somebody that's going to do that all season long. But we know now that Joe Mixon can be the guy that can bridge the gap while you're trying to get your wide receivers healthy, or or maybe your starting running back isn't one hundred percent yet. Um, so. Yeah, I'll keep my eye on him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a good handcuff for Devontae Williams. Or if anything, he's like a third down back, and he ends up being good for your PPR league. Like he gets like ten oh, or fifteen yeah. points a game. Yeah. He's where did he where did he play last year? Was he in Washington? Uh, Cincinnati. Oh, he was in Cincinnati. That's right. And actually, yeah. he had some good weeks. Where he was oh, like top ten. When 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 Joe so. Mixon wasn't healthy, he had huge weeks. Yeah. 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 So keep an eye on. JP Ryan, I like that take. Um, um, I I just don't know what to say about this offense. I've looked up, just for the sake of it, um, NFL Power Rankings via NFL.com, and they're lovely, not subjective, or <laughs> any sort of like bias staff writing on there. Um, and Denver is ranked 22nd right now. 22nd. Yeah. Without Jerry Judy, they're farther down. And I'm not saying Sean Payne's a bad coach. I think we, we had plenty of time to talk about him in the offseason, but if they're just thin. That's a, that's a thin team at a lot of positions. And if the offense doesn't have both those guys, Sutton and Judy and Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson of last year or even just like the year before, I, I would be concerned, you know. Um, but 
we'll have to see. That's why they play on Sundays, right? So they play 17 games. We'll just have to see what happens. <laughs> right. That's, that's what it is. That's what it is. So uh, moving on from the Jerry Judy unfortunate news and on to some more news. Trevor, you know, we like to, well, you know what pre-scenes is really about, right? Um, commercials? No, nah, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, about uh, o- <laughs> overhyping and over-exaggerating everything you see because you think your team's going to suck. Or some player doesn't look good. It's a rookie. You know, it's the first time he's ever played in the NFL field, NFL speed. And you just think the world's falling apart, right? Sure. Well, the two things we don't do on here. One, we don't overreact to anything. And two, we don't report any news of other people overreacting to anything. Is that fair to say? We never do that. Well, I, so, I try hard not to, but it, it does slip out. <laughs> no, I tell you. It's, uh, well, we're human, you know, and that's the way it is. So um, uh, let me go over some... Well, there's been some takeaways from the NFL preseason so far, and I figured we might as well talk about a few of them, see how relevant and interesting they are. Well, first off, um, is there, uh, and we don't, look, look, we're not in the huddles. Preseason's a very complicated and, like, enormous, well, player tracking sort of time for the NFL and analysts like us who, well, we say analysts, there's only two of us, you know, in the NFL. There's only two people that ever cover the NFL. But um, in this case... There is supposedly, and this is interesting, a running back controversy in Pittsburgh between Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. It's Najee Harris, former first-round pick, and Jalen Warren, a undrafted free agent who has actually played pretty well last year. And all of a sudden, um, a, Najee Harris, who we thought was going to be this like multi-thousand-yard back and be really dynamic, and he was in his first year, he could be, he could actually be the backup running back, or number three. What do you think? And obviously, you know, we don't know a ton about Jalen Warren. He did play well last year. He popped a 62-yard touchdown against Buffalo starting defense on Saturday. What? How? What's happened to Najee Harris? What What do we know about him? Well, what's happened so to him? These, these, uh, these are the kind of stories that make it really fun to be a fan of football. And and it's it's stories like this that give you hope no matter what team is yours. Um because you know we 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 see these games, we see these players, they're the best of the best, and we uh we get so invested in the in the draft and what these players did in college and the combine and everything else and it's really easy to lose sight of the fact that even an undrafted player that's in the n f l is an elite athlete they are, and the margin of difference between the talent and ability of a, of a first-round draft pick and an undrafted free agent is narrower than we lead ourselves to believe with all the analysis that we do. So uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is that things like this sound surprising, but I don't think that they should be. Um, you know, the, you know, Najee Harris was drafted uh, where he was uh, because of, of the perception around him. But a lot of things can change in two seasons. Uh, if he's not putting in the work, if he's not doing everything right, and an undrafted player is, he can absolutely be overtaken. Um, and and we, we, we see it over and over. One that's coming to mind right now is uh, Philip Lindsay. Um, and, uh, and, and who knows? Uh, you know, Philip Lindsay's uh, success as an undrafted running back 
was was intense and a bit brief. Um, so you know, from a from a team management perspective, you got to cultivate multiple options in your backfield and at every important position. Uh, but uh, but no, I, I find this really interesting. And where it gets tricky for us is which one would you draft over the other? It's really hard to know going into this season which one's going to get the most opportunities and which one's going to capitalize on those opportunities. So, you know, my gut tells me that Najee Harris still has a lot left to give the game. But uh, uh, what's this other guy's name? Uh, Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren, excuse me. Jalen Warren, I'm I'm sure I'm sure even as an undrafted running back, I'm sure he's the same uh athlete all through you know, I'm I'm sure he was wherever he played junior high, high school, college, I'm sure he was the stud, just like uh Najee Harris was the stud. He just, you know, didn't didn't get valued going into the league the same way. But uh but a lot of those guys prove prove people wrong. So uh, yeah, I, I love a story like that. Um, I don't, I, you know, I can't really give you a good reason why, but I'm a little hesitant on, uh, on the Steelers offense right now. Um, I, I might eat those words this year. They, they do have a lot of talent there, but, uh, but is it, uh, is Kenny Pickett their quarterback? Yes, sir. Yeah, I just I don't have a lot of faith in that right now, and uh, <laughs> you just have to have everything working for for me to see a lot of value in these offenses. And uh, yeah. I like how you said in that, like it's like a, ugh, like I don't have that over there is not good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, not I'm not sold on it. I'm not sold like, on like, it. Is, so like I, like I, no, I get I, it. Even yeah. even if I thought these were the two best running backs in the league, I. I'm worried about their opportunities on that offense. Um, uh, you might you might be able to get a lot of a lot of touches, a lot of yardage, but at the end of the day, how many times, how many trips to the red zone are they going to have? Um, and they're yeah. in a they're in a pretty tough division. Uh, people, you know, we, we've got a lot of <laughs> we've got a lot of really good football right now, and I don't want to sleep on the AFC North. That's still a pretty tough division. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, if it fell to me to, to pick one or the other, right now I still have to go Najee Harris, but it's a tough call. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I don't think we know enough about Jalen Warren. I mean, honestly, I know we talked about him a lot last year in like terms of fantasy, like week in, week out, um, in terms of him being a spell. But, man, I don't know what happened to Najee Harris. I think that's the bigger story. I, I mean, I understand – you're going to get a starting running back in Pittsburgh. It's obvious. Um, Jalen Warren last year uh, looks like he racked up about 600 yards between rushing and receiving. So he could he could be very well be more explosive than he's five eight two fifteen. Najee Harris is what six two six one two hundred pounds. Right. He's just more explosive back, and he's undrafted. But you, like you said, it doesn't really matter. Um, everybody in this this everybody in the NFL makes it for a reason. Um, it's oh, yeah. just interesting how we're like, we're at a point where I think we both thought Najee Harris a couple of years ago would be just an absolute beast considering he was coming in that Le'Veon Bell role. Right. I, and he's like, I mean, could he be cut? I, 
I don't know. I mean, he's not going to get a fifth-year option, considering how bad he's played in the last two years. It's weird. Right. It's weird. Okay. Uh, well, here's another uh, storyline for you, Trevor. There was a co- – well, we mentioned, excuse me, a couple of weeks ago about a quarterback controversy in San Francisco and how there was no word out of it. Well, sir, the words are on – the words are here. Um, they have arrived by, by, by Jet. Um, it is a Brock Purdy, QB1, and QB2 is Sam Darnold. That leaves Trey Lance, highly touted first-round pick, for same year as Mac Jones. And Justin Fields, drafted above those guys, uh, QB3, with potential for a trade. That is a big story coming out of this week. And Brock Purdy, man, he's QB1 in San Francisco. We have an answer. Well, I mean, I, I, think, uh, I think San Francisco is getting it right. I do. Um, I think, uh, you know, Trey Lance... I mean, I'm not saying I'm certain that Sam Darnold is better than Trey Lance, um, but Trey Lance—he got drafted three years ago, and he still hasn't taken the reins. Um, what what I've seen of him has has not been impressive. Um, and then and there's still time for him, but uh, but yeah, I think Brock Purdy is undeniably. Uh, got got all the tools and uh, and knows how to do it in the spotlight. Um, so I like I like that move. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it kind of comes back to what we were just talking about with the draft and and the narrow margin between a first round pick and an undrafted free agent. Uh, quarterbacks is no different. I, I mean, the the only difference there is the importance of the position and therefore how much closer it gets looked at. But, uh, you know, these, these guys that go in the first round, there's no guarantee that they're going to be able to uh, uh, adjust to the increased speed and, and the, uh, you know, the, that next level of defense that they have to deal with and read and navigate. Um, so, you know, there's, there's still time for Trey Lance, but uh, I haven't seen it yet and neither have the Niners. So I think they're, I think they're doing the right thing. Yeah, um, and I think he knows the offense better. He's playing better. I mean, last year he led you to an NFC Championship game, and the only reason you lost, I, maybe they still would have lost. Hard to say because, um, you know, Philly uh, was because of a torn UCL, and he's come back well from it. And, you know, who would have thought? <laughs> he outplayed a first-round pick. But realistically, and I was reading this the other day, Trey Lance in three years of college, two years – Three three years in the NFL. Wow, five, the last five years has only, only thrown 486 passes. Wow, that's college and the NFL, and that's simply not enough. You know, no, nope. nope. for for him to develop, that's not enough for him for us to see who he really is. And so, how is his fantasy relevant? Well, I mean, Brock Purdy last year was what QB 10, right outside the, the numbers. He's a nice backup on your bench. Um, he's a guy that's not going to turn the ball over a lot, but if you were me and we watched what happens in any Mike Shanahan offense or, but well, this is what it is, Kyle Shanahan, but it's really Mike's offense. Um, dude, QBs are coming. They're get they're the, the defense is coming for them and they put them in spots where they get hit a lot. Yeah. So, uh, is it possible that we'll see Trey Lance at some point in the season? Do you think? Oh, it's definitely possible. And, uh, and like you said, you know, Brock Purdy, uh, he's a good guy to have on your bench. But uh, nobody wants to rely on a on a San Francisco a a, a Shanahan San Francisco 
uh, quarterback. Um, that's that's just never. I mean, it's not been the strength of that team for a decade now. Um, running backs, wide receivers, defenses, yeah, but uh, but nobody nobody's winning their championship with uh, oh the the pretty boy they had there for so long. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. Thank you. Yeah. Um, no, it's okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think you nailed it. I think Brock Purdy is a great guy to have as like your backup quarterback, plug him in when you need to, uh, in a desperate situation. But, uh, but no, you're, you're not looking at that franchise for your fantasy quarterback QB one. Yeah, no question. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just it's interesting how far Trey Lance has fallen. He, he just doesn't get enough. And he didn't really play well last year while he did play. It was brief, but that's it's what have you done for me lately. In this league, and if you're injury prone or you're just not producing at the same rate as the other guys, dude, like and especially in San Francisco where you have, you know, aspirations for Super Bowl, that's what it is. So um moving on, right? That's, that's that's what happens <laughs> in the NFL. You just move on. So, okay, well, moving on to this, and not necessarily anything preseason related, but, Trevor, let me ask you this. Who are your safest picks in fantasy football right now? If you can give me one, what, what is your safest pick? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> okay, well. Um, no. no. Nobody um, that looks no, like my, you. My, 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 safest, <laughs> my, my safest pick um, I, I don't. I don't think it's really changed that much since last season. Uh, I kind of saw these guys as interchangeable. I, I told the story about how I, I accidentally drafted the wrong one, and and I never rose. You know, never really complained about it because I, I I see them both as extremely safe, extremely reliable fantasy studs, and that's Justin Jefferson and uh, Lamar Chase. All right, Justin Jefferson, Lamar Chase, you heard it here first, folks. It that that is the safest pick potentially. I mean, um, and, and I like I'm that. not saying I'm not saying that they're the two best wide receivers in the league, although they both are contenders for that title. Um, I, I'm saying in those offenses, with those quarterbacks, with you know, with those teams, that it's they are proven commodities. Um, we're talking about the safest picks. Those are my top two safest picks. Okay, I like that. Um, top two safest picks. Um, okay, well, I'll give you a list of safe players. Are you ready for that? Yeah. And I'm sure they'll be on here somewhere. And there's a little controversy. This is Boy, this is a controversial list because we just talked about this guy. But we'll start off with your boy, Kirk Cousins. He is the <laughs> safest pick at quarterback. I, can, you, can you disagree? Cause you only, I can't, you, I can't, I can't you, disagree. If you draft him. If you draft him, you're drafting him at a pretty decent clip, somewhere in the back end of like the eighth or ninth, tenth round or something, and he's a QB seven. Um, he's going to get you 18, 20 points every week. The best, one of the best offenses in the league, top flight receiver, big tight end, good offensive line. Um, Jordan Addison, he might have a couple of bad weeks, but can you can you disagree with Kirk Cousins being the safe? I, I can't. I can't disagree with that. And, uh, you know, it, it's difficult for me to remain uh, unbiased when we're talking about my team's quarterback uh, because, you know, I, you know I, I can swing wildly back and forth on Kirk Cousins. Like, oh, 
He's awesome. Look at his stats. His stats are so great. He's underrated. Uh, and then, you know, he he threw, what, like an eight-yard check down that had no chance at uh, winning the game to end the playoffs last season. It was so hard to watch, and it was like, God darn you, Kirk Cousins. <clears throat> um, right. So, uh, so it, it's it's tough for me, and that's that's what fantasy success really takes. Is you have to be unbiased. You cannot be a fanatic about these players, and then properly, you know, evaluate their value in fantasy. Um, so that's that's a tough one for me. But no, I can't disagree. He's extremely reliable. Um, if you're drafting him, you know, like seventh, eighth, ninth quarterback off the board. Like he's not going to disappoint you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, no question. No question. I, I safest pick to me. <laughs> like I said, I keep saying that, but it's true. Um, you know what you get with Kirk Cousins, uh, whether that's good or bad. Uh, it's up to your interpretation. I don't think it's bad. I think it's pretty solid. You know. Oh, fantasy um, wise, fantasy yeah. wise, it's hard to have complaints about Kirk Cousins as a Vikings fan. Uh, I'll try not to get started. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a that's our time of fantasy, right? Not the actual game. So, um, okay. Well, safest pick at quarterback is Kirk Cousins. The safest pick at running back, uh, according to this, this is FantasyPros.com. Is our friends over there at Fantasy? Can Pros. I take a guess? Um, can I throw? Can I throw out ahead. my? So off the top of my head, and I felt this way for a little while, and and I haven't seen. You know, I, I braced myself for for him to, you know drop off as I keep saying but uh, I I have felt for a while now that Nick Chubb is a really safe running back well um, you would be wrong <laughs> so what, it, what we and, got here and it's and I think yeah, right, right what is this wise guy <laughs> look it's and here's the thing man I think what we're understanding about the safest pick is not necessarily that like he's going to be like top flight or get you a bunch of points or, like, he's just the safest in terms of reliability, right? Year in, right. year out. And what that looks like to you is different than what they you see here at Fantasy Pros. We, these are our boys over here. We use them a lot. Um, Aaron Jones, the safest pick at okay. running back, Green Bay. Okay. Aaron Jones, um, I'd like it. I think he's been around the RB1 conversation for about five years. I don't anticipate an ending. And he still has A.J. Dillon back there. It makes a lot of sense to me. No, I, you know, I can't. I doesn't can't, get hurt. Uh, doesn't fumble. I can't, I can't dispute that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think he is a really safe pick, and and again, it's about like uh, what you consider safe. You're going to be able to get Aaron Jones a lot lower than Nick Chubb, and uh, that uh, that definitely you know speaks to uh, to him being a safe pick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so Aaron Jones, running back, safest pick. The wide receiver for the safest pick. There's a few here. They actually tied for one and two. And I'm curious, um, DJ Moore, right? And I think we've talked about before being a really safe pick, especially going to Chicago. He's only going to get better. He's around 1,000 yards every year, has been the last five years. He's a clear number one. He's a wide receiver one in my eyes. Top 10. Here he is, DJ Moore. I like it. All right. Deontay Johnson was the other one tied for safest pick at wide receiver, ADP 31, wide receiver from Pittsburgh. Um, we've mentioned him. So the reason we talked about him before was not because of being a safe, safe pick, but because we thought the value for where he's at, at being, being ADP of 31, um, was really low. And I can't remember who was above him. 
I think it was like Odell Beckham and a few other players. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe DeAndre Hopkins, and it got us really upset. And I think, uh, and then Kenny Pickett, you mentioned that over there, that thing that's over there. Kenny Pickett, <laughs> that situation. Nice. Um, quarterback, I can assume year two will get better, and Deontay Johnson should still continue to produce. What do you think about that? Deontay Johnson and DJ Moore. I mean, I, I do like DJ Moore. Uh, I think he's going to have uh, a big role in Chicago this year. Um, and Deontay Johnson, um, yeah, I, I expect him to have a better year this year. Um, again, though, I'm a little hesitant on the Steelers' overall offense. Um, and, and I'm sure I'm going to eat those words. Uh, but, uh, but right now I just can't really jump on board with that one. Um, I mean, if you're, you know, ADP 31, like, yeah, if you're, if you're picking him low, then he's a safe, there's safe value there. Um, but, uh, but I guess it, it really is coming back to like how we're looking at, at safe picks. Um, cause if you think, if you want me to say that he's a safer pick at any round than getting Justin Jefferson or Lamar Chase in the first round. I disagree. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, fair I mean, to say. it's just <laughs> yeah, it's just how I see it. Um, but uh but you threw a couple names out there that I I don't want to brush past. Uh guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and DeAndre Hopkins. Um I would be very hesitant on these names. Um they've they've been doing it a long time. They're not paired up with some quarterback that they've been with half their career. And uh, I just, I I would advise people to stay away from these big names, uh, especially in the later rounds where, like, you're just like, oh, I don't know anybody. I might as well get DeAndre Hopkins. I'd, I'd rather go with, uh, you know, a, a rookie, a highly drafted rookie than, than uh, one of these aging stars. Um, who are really just out there to uh, decoy the defense, in my opinion. Um, but uh, and then they're gonna they're gonna dazzle. They'll still they'll still put together a highlight reel this season, but they're not good fantasy value. Yeah, yeah, um, agree. <laughs> uh, and so that's yeah, that's why I think Deontay Johnson. It's just a higher ceiling. I think. Oh sure, I absolutely. Said, but that's, I, I completely that's agree with you there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more potential. Um, younger, he, he runs a four three. I mean, I don't know what you want <laughs> at that point. But um, safest pick at tight end, uh, and uh, well, I think any of us would say Travis Kelsey, but because it's Travis Kelsey, we all know that. So we'll go with another guy here, and it's T.J. Hawkinson, T, uh, tight oh, end from Minnesota. Right. It says Detroit here, which is interesting. I don't know why, <laughs> but. Um, they tight end, update that. <laughs> yeah, and, and this is tough. We've mentioned before the first, you know, top three or four ADP tight ends are basically the only ones you want, uh, unless there's some guys we've mentioned that could potentially sneak into that category. Um, but with that being said, it's TJ Hawkinson. He's the safest one, and it's obvious. It's a pass-heavy offense up in Minnesota. He's going to average a lot of targets, and um, despite the addition of Jordan Addison, he'll still be open, and I think fairly often. <laughs> right. So. 
Well, I'll, yeah. I'll throw out another tight end there that I feel is pretty safe going into this season with uh, possibly really big upside potential, uh, in my opinion, and that's uh, David Njoku. Um, I think I think he's found a real uh, niche there in Cleveland. He's a reliable option, um, and this year without without a lot of of options through the air. Um, and Deshaun Watson getting his first full season back. Uh, I, I think that uh, Njoku is going to be a safe pick and possibly could could finish top five tight end in the league this year, in my opinion. So, <clears throat> Yeah. Um, it, it, I feel like we say that a lot with him, though. No, I, I know. And I, I mean, I, I felt that way a couple of years ago. <clears throat> I didn't I wasn't really big on him last season. Um but uh, I do think he's going to have a really good year this year, and he's not going to be, you know, he, he's going to be, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth, maybe even the tenth tight end taken. Um, and at the end of the season, I think, I think, in a lot of leagues, he's going to finish uh, higher than he was drafted uh, for tight ends. Okay, well, a full year of Deshaun Watson probably won't hurt, you know, um, right. a full year, yeah, in that offense and. Uh, Stefanski again, and hopefully they figure out how to use him, man. I, I don't really know what the barrier is with him, David Njoku, because I think we all think he's like uber talented, but I don't know if he ever really does anything, you know? Right. I mean, he had some 58. pretty good stats coming out of last season 58 catches, 628 yards, four touchdowns. It's okay. Ooh, only four touchdowns. But, yeah, that's not a lot. I mean, it's the tight end position. I mean, we all, he just, I don't know why, you know, it's, it's not that he's, bad i just i don't i think we all have been waiting for him to break out for a while and this is what we keep getting <laughs> right you know and it's like he looks good he yeah, well he's not like he's okay he's all right but yeah we'll keep an eye on david njoku i, I don't hate that um he's got to break out at some point right well and that's, that's what i think i think i think that, <laughs> i think that he was overhyped and that's kind of like a lot of fantasy owners have really cooled on him, and I think you'll be able to get him later. And uh, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna surprise a lot of people this year. Um, but at the very least, I think he is safe. Like I don't think he's gonna be a tight end that flops. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a good call. Yeah, he'll at least just get you what you hope you get from a player like that. So. Um, okay, well, well, this is kind of a bonus one, only because quarterbacks can be kind of hard. We know Kirk Cousins, but uh, I think this is a pretty safe pick here. But even though I heard Jackson Smith the Higba, um, he got hurt. I don't know why he's how long he's out for or what he got hurt for. That's the rookie receiver for Seattle um, from Ohio State. But man, if you told me that you had him, Tyler Lockett, and um, DK Metcalf and Noah Fant. And uh, who's the other tight end they got there in Seattle? I can't remember his name. Jeez, uh, Luis. Uh, it'll come up, come in my brain here momentarily. But um, is it Owen Wilson? Is no, I can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, what? Well, dude, it, for for me, it's it's uh, Geno Smith. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Geno Smith. Gotta, uh, he, he he showed himself to be real solid. Um, Another year as a starter under Pete Carroll. Um, Will Disley and Colby Parkinson. Sorry. There you go. Uh, but no, uh, Geno Smith has a very reliable floor. 
Um, and man, I, I still love this story because he, you know, you don't see it as often at the quarterback position because, because competition is so fierce for that position. Uh, but, uh, to have a comeback after being in the league for 10 years, uh, and finally be the quarterback that, that people knew he could be. Um, it's just great. I love it. Um, ADP. It says 115 here and QB 16. So um, ADP in terms of like his average draft position in total. So if you do the math, that's probably the 10th or 11th round. <laughs> for a guy, we, we're not saying like he has been consistent for many years. And I think that's the point of like safest pick. But I think given the players he has, Pete Carroll, 30 touchdowns last year, 11 interceptions. Wasn't like great towards the end of the year. Um, but. I, I like him. I, I guess he was okay. Okay, wait a minute here. That's not true. He was okay towards the end of the year. Um, it, he might be, even be a free agent, but QB 16, that's potential QB 1 stats he had last year, fourth most touchdowns in the league, and you can get him in like the 11th round, potentially, which means you don't have to take quarterback till then, maybe. <laughs> Just saying. No, so it's, that's, it's, uh, it's an interesting strategy, and and really, it helps to uh, to know the people you're in a league with um, to try and put together strategies like this. You can go heavy on all these skill positions, and, while everybody else is drafting quarterbacks really high, and then grab a Kirk Cousins in the seventh round, and grab a Geno Smith in the tenth round, and uh, and that might be the winning formula when you're putting that together with, you know, highly drafted wide receivers, running backs, tight ends. So uh, I like these guys. They they can absolutely be part of the uh, championship formula if you do it right. No doubt. Well, sir, that's uh, all we got for today. Um, I'm going yeah. to bring up one more player. Uh, okay. Maybe not. Because I'm just, <laughs> I'm just uh, you know, just a huge OU homer here. The uh, the newest starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is none other than Baker Mayfield. Um, <laughs> it's been, you know, it, it, he's been on quite the journey since uh, reviving the, uh, the Cleveland Browns, taking them to a playoff win over their rival uh, uh, Steelers. And, uh, you know, well, he was with Carolina – he had that really, really great game with uh, the Rams last season, uh, and he has landed in Tampa Bay and won the starting position. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to, you know, Baker Mayfield's a, a player that I actually, you know, as an OU fan, I kind of despised him in college. I thought he was such a tool, um, and then uh, and he really won me over in in Cleveland, and uh, and now I'm just kind of excited to see what he's got left for us as a, as a spectator of the game. So, uh, congratulations, Baker Mayfield. Get another shot. Um, fantasy relevant, question mark. <laughs> fantasy relevant, question, big question mark. Um, okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call him fantasy relevant yet. Uh, he is in a pretty soft division, uh, but you just never know who's going to be fantasy relevant in a situation like that. It, it, it might not be him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would think it wouldn't, but I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to be pessimistic here, but I think 
we've all seen uh, what's going on at the Tampa Bay headquarters in preseason right now and in camp. And, and, you know, it's, I, you know, it's, I think they're hoping to pick, get, pick Caleb Williams from USC next year. Let's put it like that. They'll probably be in position to do that. Well, and, you know, one more, one more takeaway from the preseason so far, uh, an observation of mine. There's, there's been a lot of hype around this uh, Deuce Vaughn for the Cowboys. Uh, to put it nicely, he's a very petite running back, and he's, he's uh, turning heads in the preseason. He's looking really good. He's breaking off big chunks of yardage. Um, mm. I'll be anxious to see what he looks like when he's going against – uh, first-team defenses in games that matter, if he can still get it done the way we've been seeing him get it done in the preseason. And I'm not saying that the players in the preseason aren't trying their hardest. A lot of those guys on defense, they're still playing for a roster spot. Um, but uh, but I'm, I'm, after seeing what I've seen out of Deuce Vaughn uh, for the Cowboys, uh, I, he's got my attention. I, I'm anxious to see how he, uh, how he fares uh, come September. Yeah, I, I, it's a it's a fun story. It's Darren Sproles. Type That's what situation. I was. I almost said that. I was yeah. like, is he is he the next yeah. Darren Sproles, or is yeah. he going to get just hammered by these uh, first string defenses? I, I, I'm anxious to find out. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, time will we'll we'll know fairly quickly. You know, first hit. Yeah. It's right around the corner. Basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we'll we'll know like as soon as he. Goes to the tackle, like who hits him, and then how if he gets up. You know, I think that's pretty obvious. But um, it's a cool story. What his dad is the director of player development for Dallas, and uh, or something along those lines. And um, it'll be interesting to see how he plays. He'll be probably RB two or three in Dallas, right? So have Zeke, right? And he's kind of the same mold as Tony Pollard, so I, I think that would be like a good situation for him. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those guys, man, like where I could see us talking potentially, of course, we don't we don't know, but I could see us potentially talking about him at some point in the season yeah. for like a, a streamer. Seriously. I also, it's, I also just love the name Deuce Vaughn. It reminds me of Deuce McAllister and, you know, set the Deuce loose. Uh, they're just it's just a fun player to cheer for when they get rolling. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a little guy. I love the little guys. Oh, yeah. So, we love them. <laughs> love the little guys. Anyway, so, it, okay, folks, well, that's our show of this week. So I got hiccups. Um, <laughs> uh, boy, well, you know, dude, the season's here, man. I mean, it's where this is week three of preseason. We won't have any games next week. Um, we'll be game on the week after. And what's coming on Saturday is. Well, it's this, it you know it brings tears to my eyes thinking about it because this is it, man. We waited this long for it. It's Navy and Notre Dame. It's week zero, and it's the traditional game that we get every year for week zero. It's pretty All cool right. for for football, man. NCAA football, you know, it's going it's going down. College football is here, and that that means NFL is here. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> Heck yeah, yeah, man. So uh, Notre Dame, it's good. That's a good game too. If you get a chance to watch it, it's on Peacock. You know. Um, yeah, highly, highly recommend Week Zero games. They're they're fun. Most of them are bad because it's like USC and San Jose State, and they're blowouts. But then we get Week <laughs> One, right. Labor Day weekend. Week One, Labor Day weekend. So you, n- not not football though, not NFL. Excuse me, <laughs> not NFL Week One. But we get college football Week One, Labor Day weekend. Dude, the next three weeks, man, it's the best time of the year to be a football fan. 
It's definitely exciting. I, I, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Okay, well, um, until next week, we'll bring up more things. We'll talk more about uh, some stuff, uh, the football-related, with the triangle, the trapezoid ball that goes in the air. It's made out of pigskin. Until then, <laughs> we'll see you then. We're out.